0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 7, right smack uh, close to the middle uh, of your Bible. Uh, You can grab a Pew Bible. You can also find God's Word. Maybe you have it on your phone or or device. We are making our way uh, through a study in the book of Proverbs uh, for the spring. We started this series three weeks ago. And I mentioned this last week, but I think it's important for us to. Just remember, as we study our Bibles, it's it's important sometimes to come up high and get a perspective on a particular book and just see how it's laid out because it's helpful in understanding it. For example, Proverbs is divided in half. you got Proverbs 2 halves, 1 through 9, which are these lectures or lessons on wisdom, and then 10 through 31, which make up what we typically think of Proverbs, these pithy sayings, that are packed with truth. And in these first nine chapters, it's everywhere. Uh, I mentioned this last week, but uh, this pervasive metaphor of life being a path. You see it everywhere in the first nine chapters. Uh, And and it's teaching us that everyone's walking a path. Uh, You're either walking a path of wisdom, which is straight and well-lit and leads to life, This is the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Or you're walking a path of folly or foolishness, which is described in Proverbs as crooked and dark and leads to death. Over and over in these first nine chapters, you see these these two characters. Lady Wisdom, who is the personification of wisdom, and Lady Folly, who we'll see in our passage This morning, Lady Folly is the personification of foolishness or of sin and temptation. And both of them, through these early chapters, are calling out to every single one of us this morning. And they are wanting us to follow them down their path. Wisdom supports the message from God in good things, and Folly supports and seeks to undermine Lady Wisdom at every turn. So the point of these first nine chapters is this question. Who will you follow? Will you follow Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? To say it another way in chapter 9, if you were to read chapter 9, who will you dine with? Will you eat at the house of Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? And you might say, well, isn't that convenient that uh, Folly is depicted as a woman? Don't forget, Wisdom is also depicted as a woman. Why is that? Well... Because of the original audience. Many believe the original audience were young boys in the royal court. Kings would call in these young boys to come and sit. And then they would have these wise, the king would have wise teachers come in. And teach these young students about wisdom. And to give them illustrations and stories of wisdom. We looked at a lesson on wisdom last week through Proverbs chapter 3. But you better buckle up this week. We're in Proverbs chapter 7, and it's another lesson on wisdom. And it is of utmost importance. This week in Proverbs chapter 7, it's serious business. And the reason why we know it's serious business, and it's to be taken very, very seriously, is because, and I learned this this week, it takes up, you could argue, four chapters in the first nine. Go look at chapter 5. Go look at chapter 6. Look at chapter 7 we'll look at this morning. And even chapter 9. You see the teachers teaching the same lessons over and over and over again to these young boys about the dangers of a relationship with Lady Folly. And in chapter 7, it's the most vivid. He pulls out all the stops. The teachers pull out all the stops for them to pay attention. You'll see what I mean as we read this original audience, though it was young men, it's for all of us this morning. Young, old, women, men, everyone. We're all children in the king's court, aren't we? The king. And this morning, I want us to enter the king's court. I want us to sit with these young boys. And I want us to listen what the teacher is trying to teach us about wisdom. Let's read and follow along in God's word. Proverbs chapter 7. For my husband, no, sorry, I'm in the wrong page, sorry. (laughs) Got to get my notes in order. My son, keep my words, treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live, and keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. That should sound familiar if you were here last week. Say to wisdom, you're my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple... They're the simple again. We've talked about them in the past couple of weeks. I have perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along near her corner, taking the road of her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She's loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every, notice the emphasis, at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I've had to offer sacrifices, and today I've paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He's took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. Here's the narrator or the teacher again. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. And with her smooth talk, she compels him. And all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Think about these images. Or as a stag is caught fast, till an arrow pierces its liver and as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth let not your heart turn away, aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim has she laid low. And all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol. Going down to the chambers of death. You think the teacher had those young boys' attention? <laughs> he had their undivided attention, I can assure you. And my hope is that he has our attention as well. Let's pray. Ask God to help us. Father, this is serious stuff. Serious stuff that you've given us here. But it's a gift. It's a gift that you give us things like this in the Bible. And I pray this morning that we would grasp the seriousness of sin and temptation. Lord, don't let us be apathetic. Please don't let us be prideful, thinking we're beyond all this and we've heard all this before. Spirit of God, make us attentive. Convict, challenge, expose us. Help us to see our hearts clearly. Help us to learn how lady folly, how sin and temptation works itself out around us so that we can stand against it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So at first glance, Proverbs chapter 7 sounds like it's talking exclusively about sexual sin, and it definitely includes that, make no mistake about it, but it's also, it's much broader than that. This teacher, this wise teacher, is using Lady Folly as a picture for us, as a picture to show us how sin and temptation really work. It's not just about sexual sin, again, it includes that, but it's all sin. It shows us how lust and envy and pride and greed and gluttony and fill in the blank with whatever sin that you struggle with. Lady folly, this is the main idea this morning, is a threat to wisdom. It's a threat to us being wise. She is. And so we've got to deal with her. She is not going away. She will be here until you see Jesus face to face. And so to be wise, we've got to know how to deal with lady folly. In other words, we've got to understand how sin works, how temptation works, and the danger that it seeks to bring. Because you see, wisdom is the ability to keep off the path of folly. Because the path of folly leads to ruin and destruction. And so the question this morning is, how do we do that? How do we deal with Lady Folly? She's not going away so that we can have a close relationship with Lady Wisdom. Three ways this morning, three headings if you're a note taker. First, we've got to go bird's eye. That's a John Cox term from the marriage conference. We'll work that out, bird's eye. Secondly, we've got to recognize her tactics. And thirdly and finally, we'll have to look at, we've got to know how to fight. We've got to be able to fight and we've got to know how to fight. So let's look at those three things this morning. First of all, bird's eye. Notice the scene, how it begins. The wise teacher, notice where the wise teacher is located. The wise teacher is the one who has wisdom. And the wise teacher is speaking from above in this passage, if you notice. And that's very intentional. Look at verse 6. For at the window of my house I have looked down. And so the picture is of a teacher looking down, let's say on the second story window, looking down into the streets from a perspective of above, their bird's eye, and they're looking down so that they see exactly what's happening. They see exactly what's unfolding. So the teacher is able to see very clearly. To put it another way, if you're a football fan, where are the offensive coordinators located? Where are the defensive coordinators typically located? Up high. You've got somebody in the box. Why? Because you can see how everything is unfolding right before your very eyes. Exactly what's happening. Also note that it's no accident that wisdom is coming from above. Why? Because true wisdom we've seen already in our study is found from above. It's found from the throne room of God. And so this teacher is saying, listen to me. I can see clearly. And you need words from above. You need God's words. Listen to me and live. What does the teacher see from above? He sees a target. Who's the target? Look at verse 7. The simple. We've seen the simple before in the book of Proverbs. But here they are again. But let's be reminded of who the simple are. They're not fools. That's a different category in the book of Proverbs. They're also they're not wicked. The Proverbs separates the two. They're not wicked. They're not immoral. And if you look at the passage and think about the context, the implication, you can see it in verse 25 and following, is that the simple, they're on the path to wisdom. Wisdom's trying to keep them on the path. But they're on the path. And so they're not fools. They're not doing anything wrong. Rather, the simple are gullible. They're impressionable. They're vulnerable. They're someone who lacks judgment. They're someone who is not aware of the dangers around them. They're someone, the passage says, who lacks sense. Let me put it another way. The simple is someone who's insecure. Someone who's unsure of themselves. Someone uh, who it so wants to fit in and so wants to be in the in crowd and be cool that they will do anything and everything to be in. They'll listen to anyone and everyone and believe anything in order to run with the right people. That's the simple. You see, the biggest target for Lady Folly, the biggest target for sin and temptation is the person who thinks they're not a target. It's the person who says, uh, I I used to struggle with that, but you know what? I'm, I'm good. I don't struggle with that anymore. I'm good. I don't have to worry about that that anymore. I, I can linger. I can take a second look. I can I can glance just for a second, and it does not it doesn't affect me. I'm 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 good. If you are described by anything that I just said, you are one of the simple that is described in this passage. In other words, you're naive. You're naive about your own heart. You're naive about the power of temptation and the danger of sin and temptation. And we see what happens to the simple. Look at verse 8. Let's continue to work through this. The simple have a tendency to make wrong turns and to hang out in the wrong places. Verse 8. Verse 9, not only do they hang out in the wrong places, but they tend to hang out at the wrong time. Did you notice the emphasis on darkness? Three times there. Look at it. In the twilight, in the evening. Verse 9, at the time of night, at the time of darkness. See, here's the picture. The simple, they're on the path of wisdom. They're in the light. But they're heading down the path, the wrong path towards the darkness. My parents, more times than I could tell you growing up, used to say, your parents said this to you. We're saying this to our kids. Nothing good happens after midnight. (laughs) Here's your biblical basis. You want a section that somewhat says that kind of thing. We see that here, don't we? Remember uh, the perspective of the wise teacher. Bird's eye. They're seeing this unfold. And so here's what it would be like. You and I are watching a movie, and we do this all the time, and you see someone in the movie. we got a different perspective, right? You're looking, you're like, no, don't go that way. <laughs> don't go down that dark alley, that street. Someone's waiting. They're waiting to pounce on you and take you. You've got to imagine that the wise teacher is sitting up in the second floor looking down going, no, please don't go that way. You're going to lose your life. You can only imagine the teacher is doing the exact same thing we do in watching a movie. Verses 10 and 11. A woman meets him. Look at the, how it's described. She's described. Wily of heart, loud, wayward. You see Lady Folly's very crafty. Very interesting. If you look at verse 10, some of you might have a footnote. Look down at the bottom of your Bible. Wily of heart can also be translated as guarded in heart. So here's the picture. Lady Folly is dressed, sin, temptation, okay, that's that's our grid. It's dressed in a provocative way, but they remain guarded in heart. Isn't that what sin does? Sin holds something out in a provocative way, but they don't let you see the intentions. They hide the intentions, and that's revealing because that's exactly what we do deal with in our midst of our sin and temptation it's not that big a deal this is not going to hurt you hiding the intent because the reality is it will kill you as we're going to see verse 12 she lies in wait, did you notice not just a few street corners or one street corner in every street corner that's intentional here's the point, you can't avoid lady folly you can't avoid her She's pushy. She's bold. Look at that, verse 13. She seizes him, kisses him with a bold face. It made me think, I was in Mississippi for six years, and it's not quite as bad here, but boy, in Mississippi it was everywhere. Kudzu. You know what kudzu is? It's all over the south, but um, kudzu is that climbing vine that seems to grow a foot a night, a mile a minute. It's also, I've heard it called, the vine that ate the south. Kudzu's pushy. It climbs telephone poles and goes over electrical lines. And it's been known to kill trees because it covers them and keeps them from getting light. And if you're going to deal with kudzu, you know you've got to cut it back. You've got to constantly maintain it. You've got to constantly deal with it. If you do not, it will choke anything in its path out and it will destroy it. That's the picture. That's what Lady Folly does. She's pushy. She's relentless. And here's why I say that. Because here's what our tendency in thinking normally is. Uh, When I get married, I won't struggle with that quite as much. Because we'll have two incomes. Or, you know, and I won't have to worry about money as much. Or, or when I get older, uh, you know, I'll have everything I need. I'll be fine. I won't have to struggle with that anymore. Or when I get to a certain maturity level, I, I can really let my guard down because things are finally going to be okay. That's wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking because the image here is that Lady Folly is everywhere. And the image here is that she is hunting you down. And so if we're ever going to be wise, we've got to learn to deal with lady folly. This made me think of First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Remember this verse: "Be sober-minded. Be alert, because the devil, Lady folly, is surrounding you, waiting for someone to devour. Friends, this passage, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me this week was that this is a tremendous gift. What a gift. You know, if you're on a football team and somebody get, you get the playbook from the other team, <laughs> that's good. God's given us the playbook for sin and temptation right here before our eyes. And so if we are going to have the ability to be wise, we've got to go bird's eye. We've got to stop, call a timeout, Step back and say, Wait a minute, this is loud, this is provocative, and this is bold, but I'm being duped. I know this game, I'm being tricked. This will kill me, this will never deliver what it promises. It will destroy me. You see, we got to be able to go bird's eye if we're going to deal with Lady Folly because she's crafty. Secondly, we've got to recognize her tactics. What are her tactics? Look at verse 14. I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. Did you notice the tactic? Here's the tactic. I'm religious. I know people are telling you and giving me a bad name, telling you I do all this bad stuff, but I'm a good girl. I do good things. I'm not all bad. Come on, come away with me. Does that sound like sin and temptation in your heart and in your mind? Sure does mine. You know, you know you're know, you not as bad as that person. You don't struggle. With, man, what they're dealing with is really serious. And so what you're struggling with is not near as bad, so you're good. You don't have to worry about that. Or, Or, or what about this? Man, you've had a good run. You've had such a good long run resisting sin and temptation and so go ahead it's it's not going to hurt you you've been doing so great you deserve this because you've been doing so well or you deserve this after all you've been through in the last three months it's been so hard for you have at it you see it you see one of the tactics of sin and temptation and lady folly is to immediately point out your goodness the good Intentions and the good things that you have done. Verse fifteen. What's another tactic? Well, Lady Folly's a sweet talker. She talks a good game. She makes you seem like you're the only person in the universe. Look at verse fifteen and note. Let me know what you uh, notice here. I have come out to meet you, to eagerly seek you, and to and I have found... Did you see that? Three times in one verse we have the word you. What's the point? Sin's very personal. Sin is very flattering. Sin and temptation and lady folly will always play to your ego. And isn't this what drives many inappropriate relationships? The desire to be wanted. The desire to make someone that someone makes you feel pursued and wooed and like the center of the universe. And for whatever reason that has not happened and that's been neglected in your relationships and so someone comes along and they make you feel like the center of the world the only person in the universe and what happens boom it draws you in that is one of the tactics of lady folly verse 16 through 18 another tactic is she always overpromises Look, I've spread my couch with coverings and colored linens from the Egyptian linens. I've perfumed my bed with spices. You see, Lady Folly says, come to me, you won't be disappointed. And we know that's a lie. Because sin lies to us. It's a trick. It never delivers. It always disappoints. Always over promises. Look at verse 19 and 20. It thrives on secrecy. That's how Lady Folly lives And so the picture here is sin or or, or wisdom always pushes you to the light. Okay, wisdom and godliness always pushes you to the light to expose something that you're struggling with through the light. Not lady folly, not sin. It promotes hiding. It promotes secrecy. You See, lady folly says you won't get caught. Your secret's safe with me. This is between us. We're safe. You're safe with me. No one will ever know. Just erase the history. Just go out and get another cell phone, a private cell phone that no one knows about. Delete the text messages. Hide the expenses on the expense report. You see, one of the best ways I've realized to understand sin... And to understand sin's tactics is to go fishing. Think about fishing. In fishing, uh, the person who's doing the fishing is in the place of the temptress. What is the purpose of fishing? It's to get the bait on the hook and entice the fish so well in a a way they can't resist so it leads to their own destruction. And there's a lot of factors in the effectiveness, isn't it? In fishing, you, you move the lure a certain way in the water at a certain depth. Color and smell and scent, all of that affect the effectiveness. Well, what else affects the effectiveness? How well you can hide the hook so that the fish can't see it. Thomas Brooks, an old theologian, listen to this. One of Satan's devices is to present the bait and hide the hook, to present the golden cup and hide the poison present the sweet pleasure and the profit and hide the sorrow, misery, and loss. John Newton in one of his hymns wrote a stanza about sin's deceit. Here it is. Often through sin's deceit. This is so good. Grief and shame and loss I meet. Like a fish my soul mistook. Saw the bait, but not the hook. That's this passage. That's what sin and temptation is seeking to do. Look at verse 22 and 23. If that does not make the hair stand up on your neck, nothing will. All at once, he follows her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer in a a trap, like a bird in a snare. And you notice all three animals, they have no idea. That's the point. They have no idea. They never see this coming. Then boom, out of nowhere, they get leveled. Notice all at once. You see the suddenness of it. It's a very sobering image. Lady Folly is holding out life and saying, come to me and live. It will be worth it, I promise. And then boom, you die. Boom, you die. That's, That's the image. Verse 23. He does not know that it will cost him his life. Here's the application. We don't think of sin that way. We think of sin, that sin kind of, it gives us a warning, like a mile away. It'll say, hey, I'm sin, and I'm coming for you, and so be ready, be alert, and I'll let you know what time I'm going to get there. No. We think sin doesn't sucker punch. We think sin, oh, sin's never going to blindside us. It fights fair. No. Look at this passage. It comes out of nowhere, and it levels you. And wise people, This is what it's saying in this passage. This is what we're learning. We've got to be alert. Wise people are able to recognize Lady Folly's tactics. Thirdly and finally, to deal with Lady Folly, we've got to know how to fight. We've got to know how to fight. Let's look at some things that will help us fight well. First, we must guard and keep God's word in our heart. Look at verses 1 through 4. That should have sounded familiar. It's all over the first nine chapters of Proverbs. It's almost identical, but there's one difference than last week in chapter 3. And it's, keep my teachings before as you keep the apple of your eye. You think about, isn't that a powerful image? Think about your pupil. Do you protect your pupil, <laughs> the, ap- the apple of your eye? We protect our eyes with our life. And this passage is saying that temptation and sin are everywhere. And like Lady Folly, they are constantly trying to take God's word out of our hearts and minimize it. What does that look like? What well, looks like that voice in your head, in my head, and in our hearts that says, oh, it's, not, it's no big deal. Or think about the garden in Genesis 3. Did God really say that? I don't remember that. You can't trust God. That You get those voices? He's holding out on you. He's trying to keep you from having all the fun. To be wise, we've got to guard our hearts like we guard the pupil of our eye. How do we do that? Look at verse 4. You've got to call wisdom your sister and insight your intimate friend. What's the point there? Well, the point there is to fight Lady Folly, you've got to develop a close relationship with Lady Wisdom. In other words, you've got to get close to God and you've got to get close to the place of where wisdom can be found. Where is that? God's Word. And so that's how you keep um, uh, wisdom and, and guard your heart. It also involves things like this. You get close to wisdom by coming here in corporate worship and coming to the table of the Lord's Supper and small groups and worship and all sorts of things are things that God has given us in order to get close to wisdom. And we've got to regularly put ourselves in front of those things in order to develop an intimate relationship with Lady Wisdom. Secondly, you must actively and aggressively move away from sin and temptation. Look at verse 25. Let not your heart let not your heart turn aside from her ways. Do not stray into her path. And basically the teacher's saying, you got to get away from that path. you got to do everything you can in order to get away from the path of folly. Well, how do we do that? Well, you know, one of my grids, our instincts is to immediately focus on behavior. And we need to focus on behavior. That's part of it. But we often focus on the behavior and bypass the heart. And the Bible says if you're ever going to change and stay out of the path of folly, you've got to focus on your heart. You've got to aim at your heart. Because if we don't aim at our heart, then we'll simply just be rearranging sin and we will not expense lasting and true change in our lives. And so my, don't forget, we can't forget to aim at the heart because that's what drives behavior and change. So what would that look like? You're, maybe you're saying, how do you do that? Well, it might look this way. The next time you're tempted to look at internet pornography, it looks like calling a timeout, waiting ten minutes, and going bird's eye. That's what wise people do, okay? And they go bird's eye, and they say, what am I really after here? There's something deeper going on. There's something more going on. What is actually going on that is driving this What am I really after? What is it that I really want? Because this will never give it to me. This will kill me. This is not who I am. Then you bring the gospel to bear, right? You bring in the gospel and what Jesus says about who you are in that moment. And if we don't do that, if we don't address the heart, friends, your heart and my heart will find a way to do evil. It just will. And also, if we're going to deal with temptation and sin uh, and deal with it aggressively, it involves not only getting to the heart, but bringing in community. It involves bringing in people. Some of you this morning have been fighting sin and temptation for so long, whatever it is for you, in the secret places of your life, for so long that quite frankly, you're simply tired and you're ready to quit. And I want to encourage you this morning to tell someone. Because there is healing in power in the telling in bringing it, think about our passage, and actually bringing it back to the light. And some of you might might be holding back because here's what you might be thinking. If I take this to a godly person, if I take this to a Christian, I know what they're going to say to me. They're going to say, what were you thinking? Or you weren't thinking. Or they're going to say, "I cannot believe you would do that." Friends with all respect and humility. If someone comes up to you and shares with you a secret that they've been struggling with, or something going on on their life in their life, please do not respond that way. Please do not respond that way. That kind of response reveals a lot about your self-awareness and a lack of understanding about the power of sin, about your own heart, and about an understanding of the way sin really works. When they come to you, You see, someone who's walked with Jesus and who knows themselves well and has walked the way of wisdom for very long, they say, you know what, I understand. It's hard for me too, but I am with you. Let's walk this road. Let me put my arm around you and let's walk this road to Jesus together. Wherever you are, please tell someone that loves you and who you can trust because community is one of the most powerful offensive weapons that God has given us to fight lady folly. It's got to bring it into the light. Lastly, and most importantly perhaps, is we, got to, we, got to, we need Jesus. we got to bring Jesus into this picture. We've got to admit our folly and embrace Jesus. Look at verse 26. Many a victim has she laid low. Here's the truth this morning, including myself. There's not a one of us in this room that Lady Folly has not taken out and leveled completely to the ground. Many are her victims. There's only one that's ever stood up against Lady Folly and won and not given in. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we want to have hope, and we want to be successful in fighting her off throughout our lifetime, we must embrace Jesus. Because think about Jesus. He had the ultimate vantage point looking down from above, didn't he? From God's very throne. And he takes on flesh, and he comes into the world and walks the streets where lady folly and Wisdom or wickedness live. And he is tempted in every single way. Think about the wilderness as Jesus is being tempted by Satan at every turn, and he does not give in. And Jesus willingly becomes the ox in the slaughter, doesn't he? Jesus willingly becomes the deer and the noose and the bird in the snare for people like us who fall for lady wisdom more times than we care to count. And you know why Jesus did it? So that you can live and not die. Jesus, while we wait for him to return, and to deal with lady folly once and for all. And we're all waiting on that day. But in the meantime, Jesus has given us His Spirit. He's given us His very self to live inside of us, to remind us of His forgiveness and love, to remind us of His commandments and word, and to convict us along the way when we start down the wrong path. Jesus has given us everything we need for life in godliness. Jesus is the hope for living life on the streets of this world. Let's pray. Ask God to help us. Let's pray. Father, uh, we do thank you for giving us a passage like this. What a gift. What a gift for you to help us to see things as they really are. Forgive us for being easily swayed by Lady Folly for not trusting you. Holy Spirit, come into our lives and protect us. Give us wisdom, the ability to see sin and temptation for what they really are. Help us to see the tactics. and Give us courage to take up the weapons and fight with gospel and community and word. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.